everybody. Here we are with Megs and Kevin again. Kevin, it's been a while since we've seen each other, hasn't it? Oh, it, you know, it seems like it's been a year. <laughs> just as much as we've been seeing each other recently, it's just like, oh my God. It's like, I was just going to tell you just uh, earlier today, yeah, I think it was today when you, you messaged me and I'm like, God, I need to get on her and, and let's just start getting something done. I'm definitely due for my own reading. They're always so healing and, you know, peaceful and motivating for me. So I'm down. We need to, of course, we let our own needs go on the wayside when we're working at this stuff, but we were seeing each other every week, if not twice or three times a week for a while, we hit everything pretty hard. And as we do, right, freight train speed, we talk about that a lot. Um, and then we decided to take a break because we had a bunch of recordings done, which is amazing. Um, so we have a lot to release that we're excited about. Through the year, we have episodes at least through December. So yeah, it's refreshing and rejuvenating. So listening again to Madison, who um, everybody just heard, you were just talking about just your own experience with some themes coming back up for you when you listen to her session or her, I guess you call it a reading. I call it a session. They're both the same thing. Yeah. You were bringing up the owl or something came up for you today. Yeah. You know, and I started referring to them as sessions. You're starting to rub off on me. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the same is happening. You know, it's, it's a, a reciprocal relationship we've got going on for sure. So. Oh yeah. You know, and, and we were talking about this, how I was just, really flabbergasted after today listening to her session because yesterday we had a well see it was two days ago actually i was out hiking uh, with my wife and this owl but we were actually driving back to the cabin and this owl flew right across the windshield at first she thought i hit it i'm like no we got out we checked it and there's this uh, feather uh from the owl and it matched up to another feather we found a week ago out by her truck so two totally i mean this was in nebraska where we found a feather we we're out in iowa when we almost when i almost ran into this owl and i thought i always i'm always in that thought process that things are meant to happen and then because it's it's a meaning behind it then i had also looked at oh a reading for uh, a session for someone today that brought up an owl image as well and then I got to thinking about it further and in the session I told Madison you know it's about a, a change that is the first time I listened to, me, to myself say that and I said that's the first time I brought that up and I had just told my wife yesterday I, when we almost hit that owl and we found we and I realized the two feathers were identical that we had and I said this is about a change and it didn't dawn on me yesterday when I said it. It dawned on me when I listened to the session. I'm like, oh, my God. So that's the second time mm-hmm. I referred to that particular sign as a uh, change instead of like, instead of something else that it can be, right? You know, I listened to the whole session and sometimes I don't have to, but it had been a while since I had heard it. So I listened to the whole thing and I, I thought the owl totem is typically what you call it when it, the symbolism of an animal came up in three, four, five different meanings throughout her session. And I know that people can be skeptical of, you know, symbols or animal totems, but what I love about, well, I loved about the owl was the wisdom piece for her because, uh, you know, wisdom and knowledge with her 
schooling, but also the change piece and the blending in piece that was really amazing. And so what that for me, whenever I say, okay, if someone's skeptical of this, whatever the meaning is, snake, owl, doesn't really matter when it means something to someone and that goes ding and sticks in their brain, then each time that totem, whatever it might be, is brought into their awareness again, they're reminded of the hope or the meaning or the, you know, they, their anxiety and worry feels at ease. And that is the mental health piece that is so key, I think, for totems. I remember a very strange sighting of a turkey of mine. And I was immediately like, this has to mean something, right? A gigantic turkey in the middle of office buildings. I may have told you about this. Yeah. Has, has to mean something. So I looked it up. You, you know, Kevin, you recommend to look up whatever the animal is and then put the word totem after it uh, in the search bar and that it shows up right away. Self-care for the turkey. It was taking care of myself and it had been something I was not doing. So sure, could that turkey have been a coincidence, something I don't know about the area? I don't know. But what it did was very much initiate some self-change. So cool, right? Could be fake, could be (laughs) real, could be inspiration, could be a total what you and I don't really believe are coincidences, but, and that was what I needed. So I know for sure after having, you know, I've seen Madison several times, which I'm lucky. I get to see them a lot of times again, because many of them are my clients. And then they tell me, so your reading to Madison was that she would see an owl fly, which is so interesting that you saw one. So cool. I don't see owls fly typically. And we mentioned that in the session, but then Madison was telling me that a couple of days later, she had been asking about the owl for the grandma and that the mom had said that she had that she had owls everywhere but also madison noticed an owl in her bathroom that she had never noticed before ever she thought that either that same day or the next day and was like i have literally been in this bathroom for however long the house she lives in and hadn't noticed it and then so that's kind of what i'm talking about like oh now that owl brings her some awareness and some presence and some insight. You know, some of the things when I, when I bring information to for clients that what I've thought of, and, and that's why I really try to gear in, in more like the animal direction, people may want their, their guides names or their loved ones. Well, if I can't get that name, I need, I want something that can come in that they can go, wow, that's, that's for me. And, you know, and, and most of the things I try to bring up are something that uh, will be off, you know, something that an animal does or, or whatnot. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's like what you say. It's what what you believe or don't believe. And if you don't want to believe, fabulous, you know. But you, if you look at those, whatever those things might be that come in your life, it's they're just that that knock on your head that says, "Hey, you know what? I'm here." And that was me. That wasn't a ghost. I was knocking on my table here. But that, just, that was a real knock. That we was a real want, knock. yeah. There's not, there's not a haunting happening in these sessions or is there? Well, I'd welcome anything, right? <laughs> it could be, you never know. Madison was such a cool reading. She 
you know, she, I love my clients and I say, I love them. And I don't even care if people say I shouldn't love them. Cause I do. They're amazing. They work so hard on their mental health. And Madison in particular had, and is currently doing so much work at her anxiety and her stress and her pressure. What I noticed with your affirmation and confirmation of that was that she felt relief from someone else said it out loud. Someone else confirmed that I am meant to do this one thing. And that was so therapeutic for her. She felt like she was not crazy or, you know, I mean, human beings are skeptical or your loved ones are, you're not that big of a deal. You're not that great, you know, trying to kind of check ego there. And she knows she's got something special. We're kind of taught to mute that and you just validated it. And that was life-changing for her. Well, we are taught to, I mean, it's, I don't know. I think it's one of the basic principles we're taught as kids is that, you know, take that spotlight off of yourself because it doesn't belong there to, to want and achieve what you really are desiring and wanting on life. You get to feel guilty because you're not meant to, to maybe have that, oh gosh, you know, maybe self-awareness or, or the thought that you can be great and some people are they're destined for that kind of greatness and and, mm -hmm. and but i think a lot of that's taught because you know schools you're, everyone's just taught to be one robotic person you know and so yes. bingo no individuality no and it's just i don't know as a, as a world you're trying to create everything the same and thankfully we're not all the same yeah and that's a bit of control stuff too right with uh, the fear of chaos and thinking if everybody were out there willy nilly, that it would be chaotic. And I don't know if we, if that's true or not, but at any rate, from a mental health perspective, believing that you are great, even if you are not, or even if you are, or it doesn't really matter, but that self-efficacy and that self-actualization of I am good, not in the good, bad sense of the word, but I have good. We got to do more of that. We have to, we got, we have to teach our humans and our children to feel better about themselves. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And it's okay to, sh to be the, the one person or the 10 people or whatever it is to shine above everybody yeah. else. Because it's the world is not meant to, for us all to, to walk through life with our heads down and, and hoping for some great miracle when you can be a miracle where, where she is, she is the way that I see her. That. It is such a cool statement and she'll probably shudder at that, but I believe it too, right? I, having experienced her calm and peaceful, uh, she has anxiety and is, you know, doubts her ability, but she just has something about her. So maybe we will convince her of that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, you know, she'll get there. I think a lot of it, I, I, you know, to, to be in that state, she kind of has to be, I think, to some degree uh, as she's going through what she's doing. Because if you're going to be that kind of incredible person, force, person force, yeah. because really, you know, what she's getting into as is, is, is a doctor, that's probably, I mean, it's the hardest job, I think, out there only because you can't necessarily undo something that you do, right? I mean, it's it would be challenging i shouldn't say you can't it would be more challenging but if i do something wrong day guess what i'm just gonna do the groundhog day and do it again tomorrow or the next day you know and it's 
it, but it's different because you're really, I think a lot of us might have someone's, you know, life in our hands to some degree, but hers is more physical life, you know? So it's just, uh, or I say that in the present day sense, but it's what I feel. I like she's going to have that, you know, life in, in her hands and she'll do tremendous with it. You know, you've got to mm-hmm. build that. I think you, it, it, she's got to build those boundaries now where she has to accept the, or have that thought process of am I maybe not good enough and I want to be good because you want to get that point to where I think that you're like I feel like her she'll get herself that point to where she doesn't doubt you know because she has all this knowledge in her memory banks and you go nope hey I am right you know mm-hmm. and this needs to be done to save this person's life and to teach others and that was so cool that you had brought out I didn't know that she had a ultimate goal of teaching or instructing or lecturing or re- I mean I think I knew she wanted to do research but that was so cool that you kind of pulled that out of nowhere the podium and the leadership position stuff and that that was maybe her ultimate dream which really you know I encourage my clients to dream I encourage them because with daydreaming is planning right and maybe that ultimate exact full daydream doesn't come true but what can we pull out of there that we can apply to real life. And I encourage that all the time because that's part of feeling unstuck is daydreaming. Who would ever daydream of, I just want to sit in in my recliner watching TV. That's my daydream. You know, nobody wants that. And and so, you know, as a kid, you're daydreaming all the time of what you want to be. And that's what I do. Continue, continue to, uh, in this day and age is daydream of where I want to be. Because that's what opens up the doors. That's what gets you where you need to be. Yeah. And a word you use a lot and that I started to use, you know, somewhat recently is manifesting it. Right. And uh, we think of that in a lot of different ways, but it is really, you know, if we're sitting in our chair watching TV and thinking like, oh, I wish I, I really like flowers. But then if we start daydreaming and opening avenues, fields, pathways, we're talking about it. We're looking at it. I mean, what do you, what would you say that does just brings an energy or re, what do you, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, it's a vibration, right? I mean, it's vibration. There we go. Yep. It's, it, and you can, well, <clears throat> I don't want to say you can manifest. We all manifest every day. It's either you're manifesting the wrong way or the correct way. And most of us, I believe unknowingly we're manifesting in the wrong way because you know, uh, you know, gosh, I'm going to have a bad day. Well, guess what? Yeah, you're going to have a shitty day because that's what you mm-hmm. believe or a good day. And every, everyone can go back in time and remember something recently in their life where they felt this or they felt that. And it's really just manifesting that positive direction, putting yourself, you know, you got to do some of the work physically, but majority of it should be you asking for that, that what I uh, call the spirit world to bring that information or that person and put them in your path mm-hmm. to where it doesn't need to be hard to get from where you're at to where you want to go. And I, you know, I, I think I always may, maybe always, or maybe I always think about pointing this out when you say, when you talk about manifesting and bringing positive thoughts that, you know, in the mental health health world, we don't believe or teach that just think positive and everything will be great because that's not reality. And Kevin, knowing you, that's not what you mean. You mean 
that it literally shifts energy to have a positive thought or a belief or a hope that I am something different or I can be something different. And really what it does is lift us from rigid skepticism or rigid self-doubt. And, you know, just thinking I am great doesn't make you great, but it does shift the energy to, I deserve more. I deserve different. I deserve to be unstuck. So, you know, it's not, you say the word be positive and I know exactly what you mean because I know you. So really wanting people to understand it's a energy and, and whether we want to call it prayer or asking the spirit or believing in ourselves, whatever we want to call it, you know, that's the shift that changes things, changes pathways, changes things. I agree. You know, it's just, it's when you talk about, when I talk about manifesting good or bad, the, the issue is, and that's probably something I leave out to some, at sometimes, but you have to have, you know, that you're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad thought. And so mm-hmm. no, very few of us put that good thought in our back pocket, you know? And so when we have that bad moment, that bad thought, we don't go, Oh, wait a minute. I've got my good thought right here. And you pull it out from your back pocket and you go, oh, yeah, now I'm back on track. Instead of <laughs> We go down the hill, right? And so in that rabbit hole, because we're continuously thinking about it. So really manifesting or being positive, you just have to have that backup plan. What is it? You know, that happiness mm-hmm. can be your child or your spouse or your animal or your job, whatever it is that brings you the most happiness. If you thought about it in that one second, what brings that, that twinkle to your eyes? I like that you you know, the, what, what you just described is something that therapists would call a cognitive distortion, which is when our thinking goes wrong, essentially distorted thinking, you talk about the, what you just described as, oh gosh, I'm going to mess it up, but I'm going to say it anyway, like the ink blot. So you have a clear glass of water and you, one bad thing happens and it clouds the whole glass of water with an ink blot. Right. Right. And so what you're describing there is knowing that that in that moment is a cognitive distortion. So that does not mean that I have, you know, that everything is bad. It may feel cloudy in that moment, but reminding ourselves and bringing that unconscious thinking into a bad thing happened versus everything was bad. And I am bad. That really is almost your think you're saying jolt that cognitive distortion and, and try to shift that tunnel vision up, which is brilliant yeah because most of our lives whether it's work or 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 even our kids lives you could have done like a thousand things great that day yes totally one negative thing that comes back and bites you is maybe that bad grade on a test or that that one bad thing at work that you did and so because one negative thing was called out we all just go straight towards that one thing instead of all the other incredible things that we did right that day. And it defines us as I am bad or I am a failure, right? Then we get to the core belief, which is a therapeutic technique called CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. When we have those bad core beliefs, I am bad. I am, uh, you know, and that all comes from allowing that automatic thought of shit. I didn't like that one thing to now I am bad. And it goes so quickly. And we have those thoughts a thousand times a day. And we really have to look at interrupting that thought pattern. And 
again, if that inspiration of the animal totem or of the reminder or of a pause or of a bird helps us get jolted out of that, I mean, it literally can be miraculous in terms of shifting thinking. It really can. So I did really want to touch on something that is a huge therapeutic technique that I use every day for myself and that I talk about every day for clients and that you brought up with Madison. I'm wondering if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, my picture that I gave her? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I knew it was good. I knew you were going to be like, oh, how amazing I am. Um, <laughs> so it is breath work. This has been a theme for... Madison, but what happens when I have clients come in first, second, third session, they can't almost even talk because they are so tight in their chests and so full of anxiety and grief and stress and trauma, they cannot breathe and they will run out of breath when they're talking. One thing I notice about both you and I is our ability to instill a sense of calm within ourselves when we're in session with others and it gets kind of exciting or heated, which can be fun, but also is anxiety. And we're able to, to slow that down and pull that out with breath work. And I see you do it and I notice myself do it. And when today I was listening to the recording, I noticed since Madison and I had been working and working and literally actually practicing breath work in our sessions, I could hear her doing it in the recording. And you were all, and then you kind of started talking about it. So I really want to talk about how important that breathing in, and you have sometimes mantras that you'll say, you know, I think you told her to breathe in. I don't remember. Do you remember what you said? Well, there's a couple that I do. And the one is, when I breathe in, it's always confidence and love are those two that I, and you say it out loud as you breathe in. And as you exhale, depending upon what you're going through, exhale out negativity and anxiety or uh, exhale out the guilt. You know, because once you're releasing that in your breath work, you're releasing it from your, your soul, your physical body. So, you know, I always try to, okay, depending upon who I'm reading, what's your your big issue, your big thing, right? So if it's confidence, bring it, breathe in confidence. And when you let go, let go of that anxiety or the guilt uh, mm -hmm. or whatever does not serve you. You know, so whatever you're feeling in a, in a negative direction, let it go. Because once you let it go, you, you, and you'll notice it. I notice it myself when I do it. Yes. That I feel a, a more upright. I feel a, a, a calmness, a, and it's just, it's amazing, you know, and that's really what just like Ohm and, and any other older chant is, mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's a vibrational tone, which again, you get into vibrations. Yes. So, you know, you use some words. And so let me just kind of reiterate your, you're saying there that you're breathing in what you wish to have or wish to heal or wish to have in your body and you're breathing out whatever the negativity is. So either, you know, like the grief or the loss or the pain or the guilt or the shame. And so you're saying those words, I do notice, you know, a lot of people talk about breath work and oftentimes as we do, we throw anxiety into everything we learn. 
So I notice when people think that they're doing healing breath, that they really are creating more anxiety for themselves because they're breathing in really fast or breathing out really fast, or they're trying to count their breath or they're trying to hold their breath at one, two, three, four, or they're, you know, and I do think that works in some practices. I know yoga has certain ways of doing it, but what I really feel, and this is me, so people can do this however they want. What I really feel heals for me is picturing a circular breath. So what I say is breathing in, breathing out. And I do picture actual things, stuff, leaving my body, leaving my breath. You and I've talked about kind of doing it in the shower, maybe shaking out like the yuck, picturing that going out of our body and the power of that imagery. So when I start to teach people that breathing, whatever theirs looks like, and I always tell them, breathe how they, what feels right to them. You know, it's not my breath, but that really focusing on the slow, concentrated, not concentrated, because that sounds hard, slow, purposeful breath with some sort of calm saying, it is life changing. It is. And you're, you know, there is no right or wrong way to, to breathe in. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we all do it all day long without help. And so we, we keep yeah. our bodies going. That's but- one of the, that's one of the things with breath work that I learned in when I was being taught mindfulness is the reason we use breath is because it's always with us. Right. Yeah. We always have. It's always with us and just breathing in a deep breath and then exhaling. You don't need to hold it. You can, but you know, for all intents and purposes, you're just trying to let stuff go and bring stuff in, right? And so yeah. you're, if you think about it, I mean, it makes perfect sense because every time you breathe in, you're, you should be trying to breathe in clean, good oxygen and exhale, you're getting rid of all the, the garbage that your body doesn't need. And so yeah, you, totally. you, you put that in that soul work and it, it has a tremendous effect. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I even have a little bit of evidence to support what I'm saying specifically with Madison, when she first came to me, you know, she had failed her. I I don't know if she failed the MCAT. I can't say she did, but I can say she didn't get a good enough score. And that was one of the reasons that she came in really freaked out about her future. And so we did a lot, several months of breath work to the point where I even had given her some of my essential oils to you know, as a tool to help. Cause that helps us breathe. I always put it on my wrists and breathe it in and had given her some of that and, you know, some breathing cues, some chest tightening or loosening exercises and, you know, just a fun update. She passed her MCAT after she had seen you and me and I'm using the wrong words. So if anyone in med school is listening, it's not past the MCAT. She got a score she wanted. She got higher than her worst possible score. And uh, so she's quite pleased with her test results. <laughs> I love that. So pretty cool that she <laughs> implemented a few things, you know, our breathing, her own work in her in the mental health work. Her, our reading with your instilling confidence and hope and a vision for her. And she has not, I will update when we know this, but she hasn't applied yet for med schools because I think that's coming up at the end of this year. And 
so yeah, really headed down a super hopeful path and it's quite exciting. Well, you know, it's just, it's a power of, you know, positive thinking and, and, and just doing, finding the right way to channel your energy, right? And it's just, and some people, it's, I, I think that by seeing that visual of negative black or brown energy in either body or that breath work, because some people don't get the visual side. And so whichever way you can find to release the garbage that's, that's holding on you and breathe in all the good stuff. I mean, that's really what I think can move people. And it's just like, you know, we get stuck in our own minds. And so mm -hmm. when we can find a way to release that, and, and that's sometimes the breath is the key. Sometimes it's other things. Sure. Yeah, that in particular was really uh, helpful for her. She described the first time that she took the test and the panic that, you know, just washed over her. And I believe that I she couldn't even finish it or, or that, you know, it was so much panic and shoot hyper. I mean, just the hyperventilating of breath. I don't know that she actually hyperventilated, but that it just paralyzed her and really working on the breathing was of course, MCATs are probably one of the most stressful things one could experience. And she was able to breathe through it, finish the test. It did great. Now, Madison being a perfectionist would say that she wanted better, but I thought it was amazing as her therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> so I do really want, and, you know, maybe we'll talk more each time about breath work and about healing breath and circular breathing, because as a tool for myself, man, I use that a hundred to a thousand times a day, every day, all day long. And it has literally mitigated any need for anti-anxiety medication that I ever used to need. I can heal on a momentary basis from doing that breathing. And I know you do it all the time too. You practice it regularly. Oh yeah, yep. It's and I do catch myself, and I don't, I don't know if I after talking about this, I, I may not necessarily say it all the time, but I do know that every once in a while someone will mention me, "What what's that deep breath for?" And I don't realize I'm mm -hmm. doing it, but I, I do do it in those times where I'm stressed uh, or something big is happening. Or in session, I'll do it purposefully to slow down the energy, right? Not just slow it down. People with anxiety do not like the word slow down and I get it. It's more to draw it out or to pull out things instead of this gigantic anxiety, insanity vortex cloud that can be above everyone's head. Yeah. It is a beautiful tool, free, easy, always there. And we really need, you know, not need to, but it really helps to kind of master some of that deep breathing. It's really beautiful. August was, came up a few times. That was when she found out her score from the MCAT. So that was spot on with your prediction. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's and that's uh, the thing with just like Madison, uh, <clears throat> maybe not passing those tests or getting the grades you on the first time. It's all about not what you're doing wrong, but there is a path for, you know, I, I really believe that. And then everything does happen for a reason. So she was meant to, to push things out for whatever the reason might be. And, and it's coming to pass, right? It's coming to, everything's coming into fruition for her. So it's just a matter of embracing it, embracing all that good 
work and and not worrying about the the imperfections that we that we like to think about. Well, what we create or conceive as imperfections, but I don't know if you said this actually out loud or maybe this was with regard to somebody else, but you said something like she had passed the first time or if she had not taken the break, maybe this wasn't about her, that whatever's to come wouldn't happen. You know, so she's meant to be at this time doing what she's doing. She could miss someone she's going to meet that she might ultimately partner with for, you know, a research or that if she had done it a month or six months or a year before that, that those paths would not align. So that can be romantic or professional or personal or familial, anything. Right. But you've definitely said that before that those, what we perceive as setbacks or failures, straight up failures often are in place for a reason. Oh yeah. And and sometimes we're not going to be privy to that information for it. Could, it could be six months or, or two years down the road, and you're going to go, oh, one year. This is why it happened. Not you. I mean, that's the way our lives are are destined. Our our direction, our destiny is <clears throat> is that there's some people that aren't meant to be on our path for whatever the reason uh, it, it, until that time period. And so when we're trying to move fast world that says nope we're going to slow you down a little bit because maybe they want you to take care of yourself or maybe they have a better understanding and they're like you know what your timeline is different from ours ours is correct yours is you don't know let us let us lead well you know i am i'm i was so glad to make this session happen between you and me today i think I missed it because I forget my own self. You know, what has it been, I suppose, a month since we've actually done anything new? We've worked on stuff, but done anything like this. And it's such a good reminder. I even fall on the wayside myself, and I'm sure you do as well, right? We get bogged down and we kind of forget. So, you know, these these talks are so healing for me too and reminders for myself, so... Super glad to see you. <laughs> no, it is nice seeing you too. It's just that it's when we were just seeing so much of each other, it was, and then we got to think, you know, life takes place, and then you're like, okay, well, this is good because I need a break for a week, and then it goes into two weeks. You're like, wow, this is like way too long. What are you, I gotta get mm-hmm. my life back on track and get back into that, that rhythm. <laughs> Well, we have a few more things to that'll throw us together. So we'll get that going. And, you know, I just hope that these theories and talks and experiences heal others the way they heal me. And I know the way they help you. Hope, hope there's anyone out there who feels the same way. So everybody, thanks for listening. Be good to yourselves. Love and light to everyone.